This is Johanna Dahlman, and this is the Primal Alternative Podcast. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to the Primal Alternative Podcast, featuring actionable tips from real people with real stories about real food. This show is presented by Primal Health Coach Helen Marshall, who empowers other paleo-loving, thermomix-owning mums to start a sustainable, fat-free business of their own with the Primalista License. The Primalista License brings primal alternatives to the foods we love to our communities, making primal living more doable with less falling off the wagon. The Primalista License is available at www.primalalternative.com. And now, introducing your host, Helen Marshall. Alopecia and hair loss is something that's really common and not something that I have seen being talked about much in the health and wellness um, circles that I vibe in. So when I was approached to have Johanna on my podcast, The Alopecia Angel, I said yes, because I was really inspired by her story and her health journey of how she reversed her alopecia, which is an autoimmune disease, and how she's helping other people do it. So she is an entrepreneur that dedicates her efforts and um, all of her love to health and wellness, proactively engaging in activities that help others become their best. Through her own health concerns, she's overhauled and upgraded what true health means. And it doesn't mean that little pyramid that the government talk about. And she lives it each and every day. She's reversed her autoimmune disease and you should see her hair. It's literally like a lion's mane. And she's done it the same for many of her coaching clients. And if you look on her website, you can see the testimonials, you can see the pictures of the hair growth. And in the episode today, she's going to share some of those case studies and especially one in particular that really stood out for me. So somebody who'd had a completely bald for 20 years had hair growth within four to five weeks of essentially, well, doing Johanna's um, signature program, but essentially with real food and some lifestyle tweaks. I know. It's incredible, isn't it? Um, So she has worked for numerous Fortune 100 companies in high-stress environments, and she understands a corporate environment, and she now teaches, writes, speaks, and gives workshops on nutrition, stress, burnout, mindfulness, autoimmune disease, and much more. She's a certified yoga and Pilates instructor and is always looking to grow. She's married to a professional athlete and she is completely dedicated to wellness and optimal health. And you can connect with Johanna directly at www.johannadalman.com. That's J-O-H-A-N-N-A-D-A-H-L-M-A-N.com. So amazing. And, you know, I think a lot of us have experienced some kind of hair loss at some point. I know that I've put it down to, you know, thyroid issues or getting older. But uh, in this episode, Johanna's going to talk us through what is normal hair loss and what's not and how we can rule out whether we do have alopecia or whether it's um, something else altogether. So lots of really awesome tips, um, lots of um, helpful suggestions on things that you can do not only to reverse alopecia, but generally to just improve your health and wellness in general. And that, isn't that what we're all about? Absolutely. So before we get onto the call with Johanna, a little word from PAHQ, Primal Alternative Headquarters, aka my house. <laughs> um, so you'll be getting this episode in August. I was just having a uh, chat with my bestie, this morning and she said something, something, something in August. And I was like, August, what do you mean August? Like, aren't we still in February? Like what a weird year 2020 is, but let's not go down that route. So regardless of whatever's happening in the world, I'm not even going to say the C word, but whatever's happening in the world, I can't help but feel that home business is going to be the new norm. 
So if you are into health and wellness, like Johanna is and like I am, and you want to make a difference and help other people, why not consider becoming a Primal Alternative producer? So the Primal Alternative range is a grain-free food range. So as Johanna explains, a lot of return on investment for what you're going to be eating. And if you've got um, dietary restrictions, say you don't want to eat gluten, you want to ditch the grains, you want to ditch a lot of the um, fluff food, as Johanna calls it, and you want to get down to some really nutritious, deeply nutritious foods like eggs and nuts and seeds and vegetables, then check out our range because essentially we've replaced all of the foods that we love, that we've grown up with, like breads and cookies and pizzas and pastries um, with primal alternatives that are made with nutrient-dense, grain-free goodness. So there's literally, there's pretty much nothing you can't have apart from ice cream. We don't do ice cream, right? But there's pretty much nothing you can't have, you can't replicate with something from our range. So you can use the pastry, obviously, to make all of your favorite pastries and pies and sausage rolls, but you can also use the sheets of that as a lasagna and to cut it and to have pasta, which is pretty exciting. Obviously, the bread you can make toasties with. You can just have a quick lunch on the go. I had... Um, a lovely uh, slice of fruit toast this morning after my Pilates class. I just wanted something light and delicious. Didn't want to sit down to a big, you know, fry up or cook anything. It was just really nice and easy. Pizza nights, pizza nights make an awesome, fun kind of takeaway, easy dinner, family fun night. You can make tacos with our uh, nut hemp wraps. Oh my goodness, the list is seriously en- endless, and I haven't even talked about our low carb pancake and waffle mix because gotta tell you Sundays wouldn't be the same without a waffle stack at the Marshall household and I'm just loving seeing what all of you are doing with that particular packet mix I've seen people do like a tray bake add some coconut sugar and some berries and you've got this beautiful like morning tea in a cinch it's just incredible so go and have a look at the full range at primalalternative.com you can buy online on our online shop or you can contact one of our local producers directly at primalalternative.com forward slash primalistas which is what we call our home bakers so um, when i was inspired to produce the primal alternative range i didn't want to pump it out of a factory because there's something magical about homemade food, food that's made with hands, with love. It's deeply nourishing. And food is my love language. And I also saw that there was a real need for some another kind of way to earn money for women and to, for women to have their own, like a vehicle to take their passion for health and wellness and make it a thing in the world where they could offer a contribution to their community. And that's what this license does. Um, it's pretty phenomenal. You know, we're all uh, work separately at home on our own terms. We don't need to wear bras or makeup or put a silly suit on and go into the city. We get to create a business on our own terms based on our own values and our own lifestyle. But we're part of something bigger, part of a community of other home bakers. And we come together in a social media group to support each other. And it's a really amazing community of women like-minded who are very health and wellness driven, who want to make a difference in the world. And by offering real food in a convenient way, as Johanna explains in the interview, we are very much of a convenience culture now and that's all right. It's like, if that's okay. Um, But isn't it brilliant if you can actually get something that's deeply nourishing and satisfying and tasty. It doesn't taste like cardboard. It's delicious. How good is it that you can grab that in a supermarket? So good. It's so good. So I am on the recruit for new producers. That's my role as founder of Primal Alternative is to find perfect fit home bakers who want to be part of what we're doing, this primal movement. So check it out, primalalternative.com forward slash license. And if you like what you see, the next step is to apply for an interview with me. So I'm based in Australia, even though I've got this funny accent. And um, we've got a lot of primalistas in Australia. We've certainly got room for many, many more. Um, Also looking to recruit in New Zealand, the UK, 
and America. I have interviewed, so um, Johanna is based in the Netherlands in Europe and I have interviewed a couple of people from the Netherlands. So if you're in the Netherlands and thinking, oh, I wonder if this would work here, then yes, it would. <laughs> All right. Well, that's the update from PAHQ. Let's get on with the show. I'd love to get started with your story. My story. Well, uh, it starts back four or five years ago when I was in transition, um, going from one corporate job, tech company, to another corporate job. And I was also moving from one state to another state, from Florida to Colorado in particular. And this is where a lot of uh, transitions were happening, you know, with work, with life, with uh, purpose, with meaning, with what I wanted to do, with what I wanted to accomplish. I was in my um, early to mid thirties and, you know, there was a lot of alarms going off in my head, you know, trying to say, is this really what I see myself? Do I see myself here in the future in this company, in this state, in this city? Is this what I want? And, um, I saw the writing on the wall, so I started making these moves. And in between these moves, I also met my now husband. And in between all these massive transitions that took over 12 months, led me also back to Europe. And I so I now live here in Europe. And in between this whole time, I was you know seeing my hairdresser, and my hairdresser was actually the one who diagnosed me, diagnosed me with alopecia. And alopecia, for many of you who don't know or who may not know, it's the medical term for hair loss. And alopecia is an autoimmune disease. And this was quite frightening when I first learned about it. And, you know, the first thing that you see when you Google it, because I was in the hairdresser's chair, Googling it and crying at the same time. And it was, uh, you know, a little traumatic because the first thing they say is there's no cure for this. The first thing they say is there's no you know, there's no really help or support system. And the support system from the associations is, is not, um, not up to my, not up to the level that I, that I consider customer service. And so, you know, it got to the point where I was seeing doctors in Colorado. I'm originally from California. So I saw doctors in California. I I went uh, to the Netherlands and I saw doctors there. I, I was in between health insurance. So everything was out of pocket and everything was quite expensive, right? If you start to include the flights and all these things. And, you know, I was just seeking, 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 and I couldn't find any solutions. I couldn't find any real long-term results. Um, and, you know, in one sense, I wasn't asking the right questions. And in another sense, I didn't know what questions to ask. Autoimmune diseases in general are quite recent, you know, 15, 20, 25 years, just as long as probably the internet, <clears throat> excuse me, and so because of that, um, you know, the textbook data of alopecia is, you know, is doom and gloom. The forums that you go, that you go on into Facebook are doom and gloom. Like, this is it. This, this is your destiny. And this is uh, something you have to, uh, you know, accept and move on with. And for me, that was not going to happen. You know, you, you've seen my hair. I am like a little lion. It's big, curly hair. And I love my hair. And you don't understand what health is to you until there's a big sounding alarm. And I think the only way for this to really have happened to me was for something big to have happened, something big to get my attention because I was, I am the type of person to go, 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 go and keep going. And, um, and especially in corporate, you're in this hamster wheel, you're maybe more than likely, um, ignoring the symptoms, ignoring the the small little uh, whispers that your body gives you, you're ignoring the, the situation that you're having and that you're feeling, and then all of a sudden, it erupts into something bigger. And so um, I speak now professionally about alopecia. I, I speak to organizations and, and to corporate about stress management. I have my own programs, and I help people reverse their alopecia. It took me two and a half years to get to a full, you know, main but it was through trial and error. And once I saw that I was regrowing halfway through my hair, I was like, I'm onto something. This is it. I found it. And it took me tons of research. And when I say tons of research, this is beyond Google. I was looking into Ayurveda. I was looking into traditional Chinese medicine. I was looking into feng shui. I was looking into everything and anything under the sun that could help me. 
And it was uh, through all this research, through all this trial and error that I, that, you know, in one part, I wanted to not only heal myself and get my hair back, but I also wanted to preserve the health that I did have. Because what I was reading through a lot of articles was that people were trying these new drugs, people were taking Rogaine and Oxidil, people were doing, you know, all these different treatments uh, through conventional medicine. And on top of it, they were getting a lot of side effects. They were a lot of getting, um, you know, organ failure, whether that was kidneys or liver or other things were coming up. And so instead of these drugs and these medicines helping, they were hindering and making your health worse. And I, in all honesty, I was always quite, um, you know, healthy in in terms of lack of disease. I've never had a a disease, so to speak. I've always, uh, I was never the one to get the flu, never the one to get the cold, even though my whole household would get it. Um, I didn't eat right correctly all throughout my whole life. I'll definitely be honest about that. Um, But for these last, you know, 10 years or so, I've been on the straight and narrow And so I thought I was so healthy that I was invincible. And lo and behold, no one is, right? And what I realize now is that the first 20, 25 years don't, um, of living, let's say, the standard American way doesn't negate the last 10 years that I've been super healthy or, you know, um, on the straight and narrow, like I like to say. And so due to that, there, there are a lot of blind spots. There are a lot of things that we could still do to improve. And it, it, it's such a beautiful thing because now I have clients who are nurse practitioners, who are personal trainers, who are nutritionists, uh, school teachers, uh, moms of, you know, three, four kids, um, women who are in their menopause or about to go into menopause, uh, women of all ages from 40, 50, 60s, all the way in their 70s. And so at any age, this is able to reverse. And most types of alopecia are able to reverse. You know, alopecia is not just a one size fits all. You have alopecia areata, which is um, the small patch bald spots that, you know, can crop up all over your head like a crop circle or on your beard if you're a man. Um, You have alopecia totalis where you have hair on your body but not on your head and you're completely bald. You have alopecia universalis where you're completely bald and completely hairless all over your body. You have um, traction alopecia, which uh, for African-American women in particular, this um, focuses on them and on women who wear their hair in like tight buns or weaves or, you know, with extensions, anything that pulls and tears at the, at the roots or at the edges of your hairline, this is where traction alopecia comes in. You also have frontal fibrosing where the hairline recedes towards the back. You have just numerous types of alopecia. And yet, even with female pattern baldness, which is very common as well, and it's a genetic issue, even with that, I'm able to reverse it because we're able to turn on and turn off good genes and bad genes to ensure that your health is being promoted, that you're supporting your body because that's the key here. We want to support the body so that you can have the hair growth you want. So you can have, you know, thicker hair. And, you know, it's not just diet. It's not just supplements. It's not just lifestyle. It's not just the shampoo. It's not just topicals. It's a combination of everything. What I like to say is that alopecia is like a big um, puzzle. And we have all the pieces. And through all these pieces, we're able to put it together. And, you know, it took me two and a half years to figure this out. Um, naturally and holistically, because I wanted to, you know, like I said before, prevent any other health side effects. But at the same time, I also wanted to preserve my fertility since I did just recently get married and this type of thing. And uh, I think this is very important because a lot of times we're not asking the questions of, does this medicine cause a side effect? Does this, you know, harm me in any way? And unfortunately, there is alopecia medicine out there that does harm. And I I read an article the other day and it was for uh, a man. He's in his thirties and he's been taking a medicine called Propecia. It's for men only with alopecia. And he started it at 15. And apparently, you know, his parents uh, consented to this probably unknowingly about the side effects. And now today he has erectile dysfunction. And so those are situations that you want to avoid. I mean, 30 years old, that's, you know, the age of virility essentially. And so if you can avoid further harm, this is where 
I come in. You know, diet and lifestyle changes can give you the effects, can reverse alopecia. And like many autoimmune diseases, they can be reversed. And it's not through medicine. It's through diet and lifestyle, 100%. Okay. So tell us a little bit about what the difference is. Because I think as many of us are getting older, we'll notice, you know, some hair um, loss, right? So there's more hair in the brush. And we think, oh, maybe that's a thyroid thing. Or maybe it's just because, you know, I'm getting older. There's more hair on the bathroom floor than there used to be. What, where do we draw the line between uh, just getting a bit older and hair falling out to this is alopecia? Is there like a, a line or a way to know? Well, there, so first we need to look at uh, hair pattern. So first there's a life cycle, right? Just like there's a life cycle to the moon and it, you know, it's full moon once a month and there's a life cycle to hair. And so hair grows, falls and rests and it has this phase. And so this is why technically it, it, it seems like hair grows very slowly, but it's anywhere from half an inch to an inch a month, which is not too bad. And, you know, there's ways to boost this and there's ways to um, promote the hair growth but all the things internally need to be in order. So as you're getting older, yes, you want to definitely check your thyroid. Yes, you want to definitely check your hormones. But if everything is good and you're still losing hair, then that's a huge clue and indicator that it's more than likely diet and lifestyle. Because like I said, without the diet and lifestyle portion as a strong foundation, you can't build upon that. And so this is why we start to see disease early on. This is why we start to see autoimmune diseases even, you know, hit younger children because the diet and lifestyle portion is not there. And I have clients from, you know, two years old, five years old, six years old, 10, 15, 18. And so, so young, but then also in their 20s and 30s, 40s and 50s and 60s. And so alopecia really is one of those things where it doesn't target any one ethnicity, any one race, or any one uh, age. And so it doesn't discriminate. But I can guarantee you that if you have a strong foundation of the diet and lifestyle, and granted, the diet and lifestyle for someone with an autoimmune disease or with hair loss looks a lot different than someone who's just like the regular, I don't know, marathoner or the regular person who works out three times a week, does her yoga, and does her Pilates. Very, very different. Today, my diet and lifestyle is very different than what it was five years ago. And I was still healthy. So even when I got alopecia, I had a personal trainer. I was working out every day. I was at the fittest that I ever was. And I still got alopecia. Okay. So let's talk about, I know when we were um, off air, you were telling me that you ate a standard American diet. So let's just talk a little bit on the diet. So how did your diet look and what changes did you make on your journey to reversing your autoimmune disease? Um, okay. So, you know, as a child, you kind of have no choice. You eat what your parents give you. So that's a mix of, you know, uh, food that my mom prepared and also the, the standard, the standard typical diet, you know, whether that's the chicken nuggets, whether that's pizza, whether that's Chinese takeout. Um, I, I remember as a kid going out to restaurants practically every day and, um, eating fast food, uh, weekly that was the norm. And so it was also quick and easy. And so this is part of the problem, right? We have a convenience food, a convenience mindset now, especially now where everything is go, 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 even more so than it was, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago. And so due to this, that was part of my upbringing. And then, you know, you just see that as normal. And, you know, I can recall back, even at nine years old, where I would have maybe one bowel movement every four or five days, you know, and that was quote unquote normal for me at nine years old. And so I know now that that's not normal. I know that I need to have at least two bowel movements a day. And, you know, I think that surprises a lot of adults and they're like, really two? I'm like, yes, two, even three would be great. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this way you're fleshing out toxins. And a lot of people think that going once a week or going once every two days is, is okay and it's not okay. And so first we have to really evaluate, okay, what does the norm look like or the ideal or the optimal? No one talks about this. No one talks about how many times you need to go to the restroom. And so this is something I actually do address in my program and because it is necessary for people to understand. Um, 
so that they can not just help themselves, but also help their families. So from there, you, you know, I started evaluating my, my lifestyle in my twenties and thirties. It was also, let me, let me go back in my twenties. It was also, you know, convenience food to a bigger extent. And then, you know, by the time I was 25, I started taking gourmet cooking classes and I started understanding, you know, food and uh, vegetables a little bit more and incorporating more vegetables. And then by the time I, you know, I have a long, different, varied history. I, I became vegan by the time I moved to Texas. Um, I, I started with this tech company and I moved to Texas and um, I became vegan. And then they moved me to Miami. And then in Miami, I became pescatarian. So I started including fish. So it varied from there. And then when I moved to Colorado, I started eating bison and elk and all this game meat, which I loved. But, you know, I do see a difference between everything and it's shifted, you know, also dependent on where I am. And at the same time, um, you know, like I said earlier, the last, let's say, 10 years, I can really say I've been super, super strict about the way I eat and how I eat and what type of food I, 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 I choose, especially when I go to restaurants um, or, you know, outside. And um, it, it's vastly different than what it was the previous, you know, 30 years. So at 30, that was probably a good... Um, crossing the line in the sand in terms of how I was eating. But, you know, these last 10 years doesn't outweigh those first 30, unfortunately. And so this is where the problem is, you know, because if anyone, which most people grew up on the standard American diet um, or the standard Western diet, let's say that since we're talking to Australia, mm -hmm. um, then, you know, you, you want to be cognizant that the lack of disease doesn't mean that you're healthy. The lack of, you know, maybe a diagnosis doesn't mean you're healthy. If you have aches and pains, if you have digestive issues, if you have brain fog, if you have fatigue, if you're irritable, if you have dry skin, dry eyes, if you have loss of hair and it's a little too much, which again, um, hair loss on a daily basis should be anywhere from 50 to 100 strands. That's average. But at the same time, we're all different. Our average is different. So for example, every time I wash my hair, it, I can see whether it's too much or too little. I don't need to count the hairs to know. I already, I already know it by seeing it. So if you know yourself so well, you know, and if your viewers are in there um, at an age where they've been brushing their hair for over 40 years, they're going to know what too much or too little looks like. And so once they start to see that it's too much, then I would start, you know, investigating that before it does get worse. And I would also um, start looking into how you can improve your diet and lifestyle because in all honesty, that is the key. And I see it in my program. I have this two-month program. It's called the Signature Program. And I walk everybody through in bite-sized pieces each week. And what happens is that, um, you know, you have different types of students, correct? You have, you know, the type A go-getters. You also have the type B that are, you know, um, applying things little by little, but, you know, to their own pace, which is great. But then you also see when people have setbacks because they think that, with diet and supplements alone, they can do this. And it's not, it's much more than just diet and supplements. You have to include the lifestyle part. You have to do like, I have a checklist of things and it's a long list of checklists. And then once you figure this out, then you're able to make sure that you're hitting all the targets so that you're boosting your health from the inside out as much as possible. Once this happens, you can start to see the hair growth and people see hair growth in less than three weeks, four weeks, five weeks. People who have had no hair on their whole body for over 20 years see hair growth in four or five weeks. So the fact that, you know, all the doctors have said there's no cure for alopecia, I, I was the first one to contest that and say, you know what, I'm going to find something, watch me. Because this quote unquote came out of nowhere which in reality it didn't because if you look at my, at my past, you know, it leads up to not a super healthy lifestyle, but, um, but yes, I mean, you can reverse this, you can reverse that diagnosis. And so autoimmune diseases, again, are reversible and Hashimoto's is something that likes to tag on to alopecia. So for any of you who have Hashimoto's more than likely alopecia is that best friend and 25% of people who have one, autoimmune disease go on to acquire a second and a third. And so this is also something that you want to be cognizant about because for example, when I learned this, I was already in my second year. And so that propelled me to hurry up and kind of, you know, get going even further and uh, push myself even harder to find a solution to this and to see, you know, what, 
what would help because at the same time, I didn't want to wait around for, you know, diabetes, lupus, MS, rheumatoid arthritis. I didn't want to wait around for that. And so I just wanted to be healthy, get my health back. And now I can tell you truly now today, I'm the healthiest I've ever been. My nails are, are super healthy because that's another thing. Alopecia also affects your nails. So my nails are super strong and healthy. My digestive system is on point. I know exactly what's going on. I listen to my body, which is something that uh, off air we, we were talking about briefly where a lot of people are not listening to their body. And only now during this time where they're able to sit still, be home and be in lockdown, are they able to listen and to not be distracted with what's going on. And so those aches and pains, those um, ancillary, you know, minor issues can add up and can build up to something bigger. And so you want to always listen to your body and see, you know, how is it that you're truly feeling? And maybe you've been in this fog for the last, I don't know, five to 10 years, and you think this is normal when it truly is not. And you can still thrive. You still have the opportunity to change habits, to change lifestyle, to change diet so that you can thrive. And you know, as you know, as you get older, metabolism switches, hormones, you know, um, you know, change as well. And so, yes, that's all part of it. But then the diet and, and, and the lifestyle are huge aspects. Cool. Okay. So just to recap, so um, if people are concerned that they might have alopecia, they can do things like get their thyroid checked out. And if it's, you know, not related to something like that, then to explore, you know, whether it could be alopecia and, to recap, um, you believe that your alopecia was caused by uh, a diet and lifestyle, which wasn't necessarily causing you know a great amount of disease. You were he- still feeling healthy and not getting sick, but you know underlying there was this autoimmune disease, um, you know, coming through. And it's true, isn't it? It's two for the price of one when you get an autoimmune disease, two or three for the price of one. So it's really important to um, to to do what you can to prevent any further autoimmune disease. But I think the the message that you have got, Johanna, that I really feel inspired by is this promise of hope. There is some hope. And, you know, that turnaround, four or five weeks for somebody who hasn't had hair for 20 years to suddenly get regrowth is is phenomenal, right? It's absolutely mind-blowing, very quick. And like you say, even just two and a half years to work out your journey and grow. You're amazing. People need to go and look at the picture of you. You're amazing. <laughs> Mane of hair. It's still pretty impressive, right? So can you share with us how you help other people do the same um, in terms of reversing their autoimmune disease of alopecia? So you've already talked about you know, diet and lifestyle being you know, fundamental. It's not just diet. It's got to be lifestyle. But can you give us some of the specifics in terms of what people can do um, to help themselves. Yes. So I think um, a lot of times awareness is key because for example, um, how, how do I, a lot of people have blind spots and only when we are able to see our blind spots, are we able to improve and do better? So for example, with my signature program, I have a coaching call or two that's included. And with that program, I'm able to see, it's like a 10 page intake form and I'm able to see exactly what their health looks like. It's not just pictures. So for example, one of my clients, she's 46 years old. She's a personal trainer. She's ripped. She has the abs. She's a mother of three. She, um, she's, Outside physically, she's in great health. However, for the last two years, um, she's been having issues with hair loss and um, it's been at the crown of her head. And then on top of it, she uh, started getting a a bald spot, which is alopecia areata. And so um, these are things that she's worried about. She started, you know, Googling, she found me and she started my program. And in 19 days, so by week three of the program, she already started to see hair growth and she was ecstatic. And then um, she's one of the the clients that, you know, she's a type A, she's a go-getter. She was doing so great. And then all of a sudden, um, she started seeing hair loss again. And she came to me and I was like, so let's look at your situation. And I started asking her a bunch of questions. Are you doing this? Are you doing that? Are you doing this? Are you doing that? And, you know, she was honest with me. She's like, no, 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 yes. And so those other no's that she was telling me are so important 
and keys to her success because they're her blind spots. And so you can't out exercise, you know, certain things. You can't out supplement. You can't out diet. It's all the pieces together. And so a lot of times we don't know and we don't understand what our unique blind spots are. It's like saying everyone has their unique strengths and weaknesses. And we need someone who has that eye who can point those out for us so we can work on those because for you, it'll look different, your blind spots than mine. And then, you know, imagine being in my shoes, trying to figure out what my blind spots were for two and a half years. You know, I just uh, tried to propel through. But I think many times we need to unlearn to relearn. And this whole journey for me for these last, you know, two and a half years and now going on to, you know, five years alopecia free, it's been an unlearning of things and a relearning of things. And I had to unlearn what, you know, my mom said, what society says is healthy, what governments say is healthy. Um, their little pyramid of uh, their food pyramid is um, non-existent for me. It, you know, it's just, you have to unlearn to relearn and you can't take advice from people who haven't walk the walk. So for example, if you wanted to lose weight, would you go to a personal trainer who was overweight and obese? No, you would want to go to the personal trainer who was fit, healthy, and who modeled the situation or the physique that you wanted, because that's, those are your goals, whether that's stronger arms, strength, stamina, et cetera, right? And this is why we have coaches. You have the Olympic coach who's going to take you to the Olympics. You're going to have, you know, the soccer coach or the rugby coach who's going to take you to the finals, right? And so this is a problem. Many times people who specialize in alopecia never had alopecia. That's a problem in my eyes because they don't know what you feel. They don't know that there's ancillary uh, symptoms to go along with it. They don't understand how to fix certain things. So for example, with hair growth, sometimes, not everybody, but sometimes people experience hair growth as if it were from your bikini line. So for example, if you shave your bikini line, you know how it itches the first couple days and once it starts to grow back, that's the same itching and burning that you might feel on your scalp once the hair starts to grow in. Um, it can be this way. It was this way for me. And so, you know, when you ask a doctor this, what are they going to do? Look in their textbook? They, they have no answers for you. And this is the most frustrating part because I went through it myself. I went to doctors. I went to endocrinologists. I went to so many different dermatologists, so many different doctors from all over, even in different countries. And yet the answers were never there and no one could really have an answer for me or help me. It was either just the cortisone shots, the creams or the pills. And, you know, those were options that were, that first of all, have a 10%, (laughs) have less than a 10% efficacy rate. And then the other part to it is that, it's not a long-term solution. And so, you know, I wanted a long-term solution. And so this is why we need the help from somebody to point out our blind spots and, you know, to teach us because no one is teaching us nutrition. No one is teaching us stress management, not in schools, not in the government, not at home. My mom didn't teach me nutrition. My mom didn't teach me stress management. It's just today's world is so advanced, which is great on many levels, but at the same time, it's deteriorating our health on other levels. And we can't catch up as a species. And this is why I feel that we have so much more disease. We have so much more autoimmune disease. And as you said earlier, it's actually becoming more common. And, you know, no one's talking about it. I talk about it all the time, um, but no one's talking about it. And this is uh, unfortunate because the more we talk about it, the more we can spread the awareness that there is possibility to reverse this. It's not your quote unquote destiny. This is just a pit stop. This is just a bus stop and your next journey, your next destination is somewhere else. It's to better health. It really is if you want it to be. Okay. That's really cool. So, and I absolutely agree doing things with a coach is, you know, you you basically get from A to B quicker than if you tried to do it all by yourself. And that's the value in having a coach. Um, so if, so if the food pyramid doesn't exist for you, what does, what does your diet look like? And is that the same as what you, um, share with your clients on the signature program? Yes. Yes, it, it's not the exact same because we're all different. So, for example, there's a portion of um, the diet portion in my program where we 
reintroduce, we eliminate and we reintroduce foods. And so someone might have a sensitivity or an allergy to eggs or to wheat or gluten or maybe to coffee. Um, so for example, I have, I have clients outside of alopecia who I help with their eczema and their psoriasis. And more than likely, these clients are also experiencing hair loss too to a certain degree. And so this one uh, client in particular, he was overweight he was having really bad bouts of psoriasis and um, his, his, his wife or his fiance, I should say, um, was also very sick at the time. And so I helped them both and I coached them both to health. His psoriasis is 99% gone. And his trigger, his main trigger uh, was coffee. And the thing is, it's like, you don't know this until you eliminate and then like reintroduce, eliminate and reintroduce. And so, and many times as well, we like to ignore these, um, the signs. We like to ignore the signs. I'm, I'm guilty of this myself. When I was going through my whole process of trying to figure out what foods sat well with me and what didn't, I, I was ignoring the fact that, you know, here in Europe, you have amazing croissants. And I was like, oh, no, the croissant is good for me. <laughs> and I'm like, no, this is not going to harm me. You know, once at the, you know, open air market, this is not going to be bad. And all of a sudden, it hit me like a ton of bricks. And um, my symptoms are very different. You're, you're not looking necessarily for anaphylactic reactions. You're not necessarily looking for a huge rash across your forehead. It can be very subtle. My, the way my body talks to me, for example, when I eat gluten, is um, my back starts to itch, my back and my stomach. And they start to itch. And normally, it, it triggers within five to six hours later. So let's say, for example, if I ate pasta tonight, then in the middle of the night, I will be scratching like a, like a horde of uh, mosquitoes just, you know, attacked me. And yet there's nothing there. There's nothing on my skin. It's just the itching that, that persists for, you know, four or five hours in the night, and then it just goes away. But that's my body talking to me saying, I don't like the gluten you just ate. And so it's very subtle. And so I teach my clients how to listen to their bodies because I think this is so much more important than getting a blood test. Not to say that blood tests don't work. They do and they don't. So for example, I've gotten the blood test, many blood tests in terms of allergies, in terms of like what I'm allergic to, what sensitivities I might have, and nothing comes up. And so this is also disheartening when the blood test doesn't show you what's going on. And so this is why we have to Go back to basics. We have to listen to our body. We have to be more aware and see if I have a ringing in the ears, um, you know, beyond the hair loss, do I have dry skin? Is it overly dry? So for example, my, my hair, my skin, and my eyes were overly dry during alopecia. It was, you know, I would have bloodshot eyes by the time uh, two o'clock rolled around, 2 p.m. And it was awful. You know, I had my nine hours of sleep each night. I wasn't drinking. I wasn't partying. And yet I was still having bloodshot eyes by 2 p.m. And, you know, we always want to fix things with the little band-aids, you know, so I went downstairs, got, went to the store, got the eye drops and the eye drops help for an hour or two, but then they're back to being bloodshot and dry and, and just really um, painful. And so all these things later on, I realized that they were all part of alopecia. They were all part of an autoimmune disease because essentially, you know, your, your system, your immune system is attacking itself. And in my case, through my DNA, it's attacking my hair follicles. And due to this, you know, your immune system is off, is completely off. And it's, um, it's on high alert. It's like a volcano that just erupted. And so there's all these other things going on that you don't know that are attached to it. And so people think, oh, alopecia is just hair loss. No, it's more than hair loss. And there's other, you know, ancillary items. The digestive issues were so new for me. This was not the, the, the norm for me, so to speak. Um, I, I, I was having the, the regular bowel movements daily. I was exercising daily um, during and before. And so I didn't realize why, why all these digest, why all these issues were happening. My digestion was off. It hurt to have a bowel movement. Like it, it felt like knives were in my sides and it's, um, you know, my, my skin was scaly. I looked like an alligator. It just, 
you know, my hair was unmanageable, falling out in clumps. It was just awful. The whole situation was absolutely awful. But once you put the pieces together, then you realize, okay, this is an overreaction of the body. The body is, is truly overreacting and it has nothing else to do because it's on fire. And so the inflammation is so high that your body is truly on fire from the inside out. And so what you need to do is, is focus on, on, on a clean eating and then try to see what healthy foods, because, you know, eggs are healthy, nuts and seeds are healthy. Um, you know, there's are, there are a lot of foods out there that are healthy, but they could react to somebody differently. And so my diet looks a little different from each client because we all have our own sensitivities. So I help and walk them through this because that's, that's a key component. And so if you can't, if you can't figure out what the sensitivities are, then you're still going to be kind of at square one. Yeah, no, I like that because I, I do find that a blanket approach um, is quite negligible because like you say, we're all so different and, um, you know, somebody, yes, eggs are very nutritious, but if you have an egg intolerance then it's not going to really be the best uh, nourishing food for you. And I'm, I'm the same as you. I've done all of the blood tests and had all the allergy tests. And the reality is that that blood test's just given you that snapshot of a moment in time and, you know, maybe a few weeks later after you've maybe taken, let's say, eggs for the sake of an example out of your diet, you might no longer have that reaction to it, you know, on an antibody level. So I really like your approach to listening to your body and all of those little sort of niggly um, symptoms that we kind of like brush aside um, and, and taking that really as, as our cue as to whether this is working for us or not. And then also remembering that it can take a few hours for the, for the, um, any kind of like reaction to set in. And it's really interesting how you forget, uh, all of the different symptoms you have once you've turned that corner. And it's so funny cause I used to lie in bed on a night when you were just saying about your itchy skin, when I was eating gluten, cause gluten's my main, uh, it's like my kryptonite. Um, I lie in bed on a night and it would feel like all the hairs on my arms were trying to stand up. You know, sometimes you, you know, when you sometimes put a top on and all the hairs go the wrong way and they're trying to like straighten themselves out. And it's this is kind of like creeping skin feeling. And I'd lie in bed on a night and I'd try and change tops thinking I'd, my hairs were trapped to the wrong way or something. But it was really like my skin was kind of crawling. And that was a symptom from gluten. And it's only now that I've remembered, oh my goodness, that's right. That used to keep me awake in the night. Uh, but now I don't have that at all. My, everything feels very, very calm. But isn't it amazing what you forget? It is. And it's, um, and it's quite a, um, it's necessary to remember and it's necessary to keep note because I mean, that's not to say you can have, let's say you go to a friend's house and they make something and it has gluten in it. And it could be not something obvious like pasta, but it could be something like soy sauce, or it could be something like, um, yeast or some sort of, uh, bouillon that they used or, you know, chicken stock that has gluten in it and you don't know. And then depending on how sensitive you are, you might have a reaction and you might not. And so that's also necessary for you to understand what condiments have certain things that you might be, um, you know, uh, intolerant to soy is a big component. So soy is like a big allergen. And so, um, I, I try to avoid soy. I don't, I'm not necessarily allergic to it, but it's, you know, 99% GMO to begin with. So, um, it's one of those things where I don't think it's a healthy food, so to speak. And so, you know, if you can take out, I think the, a good way to start would be to take out the things that aren't healthy and that don't have any benefit. So for example, in my program, I teach you how to look at the ROI, the return on investment in terms of food. And I want you to eat more nutrient dense food versus food that's just meh or just like fluff, you know, just food to be food. And I want every morsel of food that enters your mouth to be extremely nutrient, uh, nu nutrient dense and to be nutritious for you so that it has one than more, um, it has more than one, um, value to it, right? It has fiber, it has vitamin A, it has this, it has that. So I want it to, to do more for you, right? To more bang for your buck, so to speak, instead of just food to, to feed yourself off of. Yep. Yeah, totally makes sense. Absolutely. 
Um, and as I say, I really do like that approach where you're, you're helping people find out what's best for them and, and eliminating and taking out fluff <laughs> and meh food and going for something that's got a better um, bang for buck or return on investment. That's really cool. So while we're talking about food, I've got to ask you my three standard questions that I ask all my guests on the podcast, Johanna. And the first one is, what did you have for breakfast? And I know that it's only 8.30 in the Netherlands at the moment. Um, so have you had breakfast yet? And if you did, what did you have? I haven't had breakfast yet. I, I just finished my cup of uh, lemon water with, um, yeah, my, my hot lemon water. And I have actually sweet potatoes, uh, talking about vitamin A and fiber. I have sweet potatoes in the oven right now. And I'm going to do a classic. Uh, it's called Bear Mash. So I've written a book and I've also written a cookbook and a, you know, I also have like a weekly planner and all these other ancillary items for people who go through my uh, signature program. And one of the recipes is called bear mash and it's essentially it's sweet potatoes with some cinnamon and some grass fed butter and you mash it all together and it's delicious. It's filling, it has fiber and it, um, yeah, it's, it's sweet with the cinnamon. And so it, it, you know, has your, Cinnamon is so great because it um, levels out your uh, insulin and your glucose. And then it also doesn't, um, it helps to not have cravings, any sugar or sweet cravings. And so I'm, I'm going to have that. And then I'm going to have some eggs later on after that for some protein. So that'd be really nice. It'd be like almost like a cereal, wouldn't it? Once you'd like mashed it together, a bit like a kind of like a porridge or something like that. It would, that's a really good idea for people who are missing that, you know, that, that oatmeal breakfast that's a really easy that sounds delicious actually sweet potato mash I love sweet potatoes they're so good for you and they're so healthy especially for women who are you know in the perimenopause menopause situation yams and sweet potatoes are so so healthy for you and um it's just I, I highly recommend them um over the white potato the white potato has like no benefits whatsoever so you want to get off the white potato and and you know give the sweet potato a chance to get a better return on investment magic. from the sweet potato, <laughs> right? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Love it. Okay. And now on to my next question, which is what are your personal takes on the three kind of clean eating, clean living gray areas, which are alcohol, coffee, and chocolate? Okay. So my take on chocolate is that I love dark chocolate and I only eat 90% and up dark chocolate. I actually cook with it too. And, um, I don't necessarily eat it on a daily basis, but you know, when it's that time of the month, I could go through half a bar real quick. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, being in Europe, I, I have lots of different chocolate providers, uh, here that are wonderful, you know, Belgium chocolate or Swiss chocolate. So that's nice. I just do encourage 90% and up and really your palate changes. Once you switch to, um, once you take out a lot of the sugar, once you take out a lot of the processed foods, your palate will change. And even the 90% chocolate feels super sweet to me. And so sometimes just a square or two is enough to quench my, my craving. Um, in terms of coffee, so I have issues with coffee. You know, they say it's, it's, it's one of those misnomers. They say, oh, it's healthy for you. And, you know, you should have coffee every day and da, 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 da. But what they're not telling you is that it's the number one agricultural product that has the most pesticides on it. So with every cup of coffee that you're drinking, you're also drinking a boatload of glyphosate and a boatload of pesticides. And so you want to be weary of this because this is very um, toxic for your body. And guess what? Toxins accumulate. And our kidneys and our livers are fantastic detoxifiers. However, after, you know, 40, 50 years of having, let's say, bad habits or not eating the healthiest foods or drinking too much, whether that's coffee or alcohol or anything else, you know, our, our kidneys and our liver need uh, an oil change, so to speak, just like your car does. We need to flush it out. We need to help it. We need to, and a lot of times disease happens because we're not having those bowel movements. We're not cleaning out our liver. We're not, um, you know, excreting toxins correctly. And so we need to support our body because our body's a machine essentially, right? And this machine is on 24 seven. It doesn't stop. You can't unplug it, but we do need to support it. 
And so there are ways to support that. And so going back to coffee, um, sorry about the tangent. Um, <laughs> going back to coffee, um, I personally don't drink coffee right now. Um, I've been off coffee probably for the last two years or so. But when I do drink coffee, it'll be in espresso format. So in a, when you drink an espresso format, it's um, healthier for you because a lot of the toxins are um, with the heat process. The heat is actually higher than regular coffee. Um, so that's better for you. But what I would really say and encourage people to do is to switch to organic coffee. And if you, let's say you, you want to be off coffee and you want to switch something else, what I absolutely love and love to drink is matcha. I love green tea matcha. Um, I absolutely love the, the taste. I love how I can make it with my coconut milk or almond milk and I can make it at home. You just have to be weary about the excess sugars if there are any in the powder. So make sure it's just pure matcha and not, you know, matcha plus all this extra sugar. You, you want it unsweetened completely. And, but going back to coffee, I do enjoy a good cappuccino. I do enjoy, you know, a wonderful latte. But I think A, in moderation. So, for example, when I do crave it, it'll be like a once-a-month thing. It's not every day. And this is coming from someone who used to drink coffee every day. So at the office, back when I was in corporate, we had um, Lavazza, which is an Italian brand of coffee. And I would have a morning French press at home, like the full French press. I had it at home. For me, that was in the morning. By the afternoon, I was so tired and just so worn out that I would have a double espresso or a triple espresso uh, with some almond milk. And that was my like afternoon pick me up because I had to work out and I had to do things and run errands, et cetera, et cetera, after work. And this was an issue. You know, I, it led to adrenal fatigue. And so with coffee, you want to be very, very careful with how you consume it. And then also the type of coffee. So if you are going to have coffee, have coffee and make sure it's organic, organic, hundred percent organic. And also make sure that it's, it's not an everyday thing. You know, you want to give your body a break. It's almost like injecting it with, um, you know, with a power mode for it to go fast. And so we can wear out our adrenals and you can, um, you know, have side effects in terms of, you know, sleeping and sleep is actually a good, good, um, necessary requirement for good quality sleep to be able to detoxify, to be able to reset the body each night. So you don't want to hamper your, your coffee. Uh, especially as you get older, caffeine affects you on a, on a much higher level. You know, my grandma, she's 84, and she's reversed her fibromyalgia. She's reversed her thyroid issues. She's also reversed her, what else did she have? Diverticulitis, um, all with diet and lifestyle. Today, she's 84. She does Pilates and yoga, and she, she's not on one medicine, not on one pharmaceutical, nothing. She doesn't need anything. And She's fantastic. She's, you know, lots of energy, but you know, her kryptonite there is too much coffee. And so when you have too much coffee, that creates anxiety, that creates nervousness, that creates sleepless nights. And as you get older, you tend to have those sleepless nights to begin with. And so you don't want to uh, create more, uh, you don't want to encourage that, right? And so I would actually highly recommend the matcha because that is actually anti-cancer and it's actually more potent than green tea alone. So if you want something that has, you know, more ROI, more bang for your buck, switch to matcha. So how do you drink your matcha? So you would just order it in, in the coffee shop, um, uh, almond milk matcha. Is that how you would order it? Do you have it with milk? Um, I actually uh, make it at home. I, I bought the, the actual matcha itself. And so um, it comes like in a green powder. And uh, so the green powder, you mix it first with a little bit of hot water and it has like a special whisk that it comes with. And from there, then you add in the almond milk. And I like things warm, so I, I heat up my almond milk or my coconut milk, and then I, I add it in, and so it becomes a, a matcha latte. But you can just drink it with hot water if you'd like. Um, so you have those two options. Mm, I'm going to try matcha. I've never tried one before. I'm going to try one, uh, inspired by They're you. delicious. <laughs> and what are your thoughts on alcohol? So alcohol, alcohol is, uh, I think it's too much sugar. I, I don't, I don't agree to it. And I also, you know, 
so I have clients, right? And, you know, alcohol is very prevalent, of course, in society, especially in, in good times and also, you know, for celebrating and this type of thing. So alcohol, I have a couple things. First, if you're going to do hard alcohol and you want to eliminate sugars, opt for tequila. Tequila is probably your best bet. It has no sugars in it. It's better than vodka and it's better than anything else out there. So opt for tequila uh, in terms of hard alcohol. In terms of wine, I, wine is another situation where you have lots of pesticides. You have lots of glyphosate. You have lots of these cancer-causing, you know, science has already shown this. Research has already shown this. There's so much cancer-causing glyphosate and pesticides on our food and our uh, agricultural products. And so you want to avoid this. And guess what? I would actually avoid, and I say this, you know, with a heavy heart because I'm from California and I love Napa Valley, but I would avoid all wines from the U.S. Absolutely avoid them because they all have glyphosate on them. They're all with pesticides. And so what I recommend to my clients is to drink the European wines. The European wines are old world and they have a different process. They can't use sprinklers. They can't use pesticides. They can't use certain things and their old world techniques are the same techniques that they've been using for over four or 500 years. And so, you know, they rely more on mother nature than they do on modern, you know, technology, so to speak. And so I would recommend that if you are going to have wine, have it from Europe and not from the U S not from California. And, you know, if you can find an organic vineyard, great. But even then that's kind of tricky because, you know, pesticides are, sprayed in the air. And so let's say next door to you, so even look at, at your house. Let's say you live in, you know, your your grass and your lawn and your flowers are all organic, your veggies, but what happens if your neighbor sprays all this Roundup, all this glyphosate on his yard, on, on their lawn? The wind potentially can, you know, bring that over to your side. So your blueberries or your apples or whatever it is that you have grown in your yard maybe are not so organic anymore and they have potentially remnants of that you know you can't control the wind and unfortunately this is part of the problem when you have open crops right and so in terms of vineyards that's what you have it's all open crops and so that's one thing that i would be uh, cognizant of you know is the amount of glyphosate is the amount of roundup that's in our food and it's not just glyphosate and pesticides, it's also lead. You know, there's this third-party um, organization out of Colorado that looks into lead, and they found lead in baby formula. They found lead, high amounts of lead in collagen, in protein powders, in so many things. And you're just astonished. Absolutely, you know, my, my mouth has opened because you don't know till you know. And so, you know, my, my health journey doesn't stop here. Just because I've healed alopecia, it doesn't stop here. I continue to help, uh, to research. I continue to, to look for how I can up-level my, my health because I want to age gracefully. I want to age just like my grandma with no disease. I want to live healthy and be vibrant. I want to be doing Pilates and yoga at, at 84, at 94. I want to be active and, and, you know, just healthy from the inside out, glowing. And so, uh, you know, that takes effort. Being healthy takes effort. And it's one thing or another. It's either you're going to spend it on being healthy and, you know, moving the needle that way, or you're going to end up spending it on uh, disease or, you know, uh, repairs of, of, of that sort in, in terms of trying to get your health back. Yeah, absolutely. So to recap, um, you're like your chocolate dark and coffee and wine very occasionally and must be organic. You know, in all honesty, I haven't had uh, wine in, in for the last year and a half, two years. I don't drink. I my husband's an athlete, a professional athlete, so we don't drink. He's you know practicing. He's uh, you know always trying to be fit, and we feel better actually without drinking. And it's just it's easier for us. It's better, and yeah, I, I don't miss it. I don't necessarily miss it, and it, it's healthier. I mean, if I can reduce the amount of sugars, because the sugar there, I mean, sugars in general, that's, that, that's your key to disease. That's what feeds cancer. That's what feeds so much disease is sugar. So if you can eliminate more and more sugars, the better it is for you. 
Absolutely agree. Awesome. So you've shared a lot of information with us today about alopecia and how, you know, your inspiring story of how you've turned it around and how you can help other people do the same. So if people were wanting to work with you, what's the best place to start? Where can we find out more? You can go to alopeciaangel.com on my website. You have links to my social media. You have a free consultation if you'd like. You have my blog, which has over 100 articles on alopecia, um, alopecia for children, men, women, uh, all different types. And then you also have um, free downloads that I offer on my website as well. Perfect. And we'll put the link to the, um, to the website in the show notes. And now I know you're based in the Netherlands and I, I am going to get you some of our primal alternative, delicious, nourishing, definitely good return on investment um, products out to you in the Netherlands. We'll ship them to you from the UK because I've got a couple of producers in the UK. And when you get them, I'd love to know what you think and if you enjoy them. So I'll probably send you across some pizzas because I think being in Europe and um, not eating gluten, you might miss pizzas. So I'll send you some pizzas and some cookies. How does that sound? That sounds amazing. Thank you so much. That's so cute <laughs> you. I appreciate that. You are so welcome. It's been an absolute pleasure um, to have you on the show today. Is there any final message that you would like to leave with our audience today? Yes, that regardless of the diagnosis, always look for a second, third, fourth, fifth opinion. Always seek out alternative medicine and see what your options are. Don't be, um, don't feel like you failed or that there are no options for you. And, and this goes beyond alopecia. This is for any diagnosis. You know, had it not been that I kept searching and I kept, you know, being persistent and perseverant and, and just like so tenacious on the subject. And, you know, for good cause, because it was my own hair, that I'm able to share this story now with others and I'm able to help others. And so um, I know we all have our own health challenges. And I would just encourage people to look for other avenues and other ways to get healthy and just to be open. You know, had it not been for the traditional Chinese medicine or the Ayurveda or all these other things, then I wouldn't have been exposed to it. And so I think that's key too to understand what's best for us, but to, not be discouraged with what one doctor says or two doctors say and just keep going. You know, doctors are humans. They, they're not perfect. They make mistakes and there's more out there. There's more out there that we don't know. And what I do know is that our bodies are made perfectly and you're made to be healthy and you're made to thrive and your body. The only thing it wants to do is to have you be super healthy. It wants to be vibrant. It wants to be just, you know, thriving. And so we just need to support it. And so uh, I think that's the big key here is we need to learn to support our body better. And once we do that, we'll see a huge change. Beautifully put. Thank you so much for your time today. And I look forward to connecting with you again next time. Thank you so much, Helen. You're wonderful. I appreciate it. <laughs> you too. Bye for now. Bye. This has been a production of TheWellnessCouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on Facebook.com forward slash TheWellnessCouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.